Hey, I'm Brenda. She, her. Uh, hey, I'm Austin. He, him. And this is Secret, Secret History, History of, of Nerd, Nerd Mysteries. So this is a brand new podcast by myself, Brenda, and my good friend, Austin. And yes, we are in two separate locations because <laughs> we are respecting quarantine. So don't yell at us. Yeah, we we're are not. Good. We're not in the same. We're not even in the same city. I'm so, in Flint area. I'm in Grand Rapids. We're like, I'm, I don't want to say it's a contest, but we might be winning respecting quarantine. Yes, I uh, haven't left my house Except to go to the dentist in two months. So I think I'm doing pretty good. I've left my house to walk my dog. I, okay, I did. I had to go rescue some office plants. It was a harrowing journey. I like I like put on long sleeves and like a mask and like a hat and like gla- like I was like the outside world will not touch my skin, but I will not let my office plants suffer and die alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is a podcast where we go into the history of certain nerdy type things that we really like and think are pretty cool. Um, it's going to be pretty loose, mostly just a loose discussion with a couple neat facts that we happen to know. <laughs> the mouse is out of the bag. Because we're talking about one mouse in particular, I actually think he's a rat. His name is, is Charles rat. Entertainment. He is a rat. His <laughs> name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> you, think, you think they wanted to do mouse and like... They just got a letter, an anonymous letter from Mickey Mouse that was like, hey. No, no, I literally know exactly why it's a it's a rat. Oh. And it's weirder than you think. <laughs> um, I've been doing YouTube videos and writing scripts for them. And it just so happens my latest one is a history of um, animatronic restaurants. And it's been more wild than I could have expected. So... I, I know a lot about the beginning of Chuck E. Cheese, so I'm going to start real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. I, I don't know it was much. Yeah, so uh, Chuck E. Cheese was uh, the brainchild of Nolan Bushnell. Do you know who that is? That's the Atari Pong guy, right? Yeah, he's one of the co-founders of Atari. So he had this idea for like a carnival-based entertainment restaurant even before he like created pong and had atari Mm. um eventually he kind of got tired with like how the public was perceiving his business because like arcades were considered like teen hangouts for like drugs and stuff so like satan worship or something (laughs) yeah he wanted to find a way to get his arcade cabinets to kids the reason charles entertainment cheese is a rat is because Nolan initially wanted the mascot for Atari to be a coyote. So he ordered a coyote costume, um, but he got a rat costume instead. <laughs> and so it's, he was like, hey, guys, I really need a coyote. And somebody <laughs> somewhere in some like warehouse is like, yeah, I'm going to send a rat. Yeah. So like he gets it and he sees the tail and it's like a big rat tail. And like he's just like, oh, no, it's a it's a rat. <laughs> Like, what do we do? So the early days of Atari, there was like a character, I think his name was like Ricky Rat or something like that. And it was this rat costume, which eventually got recycled for Chuck E. Cheese because he already had it. That's (laughs) absolutely amazing. I cannot believe. What would Chuck E. Can you? Okay. Imagine with me, if you will, Chuck E. Cheese as a coyote. I don't think it sells. I mean, I'm a big fan of coyotes and they're actually was a Chuck E. Cheese character who eventually was a coyote, which is kind of weird and interesting. There's more Chuck E. Cheese characters than you could imagine. Like, you know, there's Charles Entertainment Cheese, and then there's the the purple one, and the bird, and the chef, and the dog. And that's the Chuck E. Cheese roster today. But there are so many more that are just gone. Okay, so... The purple one, I remember as a kid always confusing the Chuck E. Cheese and the McDonald's because McDonald's had Grimace and that was their purple yeah. one. They're almost the same character. They both eat, they're both purple. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> Grimace was like a spoiled chicken nugget. <laughs> it was like his shape. I've never heard him described as a spoiled chicken nugget, and I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, in my head, all I can see at like my birthday parties of Chuck E. Cheese is Grimace on the stage, but I know it wasn't Grimace. It's not. Munch has like a little more like yellow to him and bigger teeth he's actually more terrifying he had like hair he was like a like he was like barney's third cousin pretty much and do you remember um at chuck e cheese when you would have like tickets and you would have to feed them into the machine and it was like munch's ticket eating machine so like while you're feeding in all your tickets it's just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah, I rem- I remember uh everybody a quick aside to my the last time and then you'll hear why. The last time I got to have a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, I was six years old. It was the last time because <laughs> I was banned from my Chuck E. Cheese as a six year old because uh, so I mean, <laughs> people that don't know me I'm black. Uh so they already didn't like us being there because we were like a black family who could afford to go to the Chuck E. Cheese in a nice area. But that mm-hmm. aside, they were looking for a way to get us to not keep coming. Um but I was respectfully terrified of the mascots because anyone that's seen any mascot ever knows the like the at like the people ones fine like when you go to Disney and there's like the princesses and the prince like those are fine but like mm-hmm. the animal suits those eyes horrifying they are dead and soulless um, well like Chuck E Cheese mascots in particular are and we'll talk about that in a little bit <laughs> but like oh god they're so scary and they're loud they're so loud but the chucky like charles himself came to take a photo with me because it was my birthday and they bought the package and i didn't know and he spooked me and when he pat me on the shoulder to like surprise me i freaked out and hit him in the head with like the pizza like like i got up and grabbed the thing with like the pepperoni pizza on it and just hit him with it oh no And I was, he shouldn't have snuck up on you. <laughs> listen, listen, dear dear listener, don't don't sneak up on me because I keep that thing on me, <laughs> and it's a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> to this day, it's like uh, you just pull it out of hammer space and like hit people with that pizza box. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was the last time I had a birthday party there. I went back like with friends and stuff, but we like weren't allowed to schedule birthday parties anymore. Aww. I really didn't start going to Chuck E. Cheese until I was, um, I was like probably like late middle school, early high school. We would oh, go yeah. for my brother's birthday because I always went to Discovery Zone because oh. um, we had a Discovery Zone, which was like nicer. Discovery Zone was just a nicer place than the Chuck E. Cheese. Our oh, Chuck E. Cool. Cheese is always like kind of run down and sad, but we would go really early in the morning for my brother's birthdays mm-hmm. and no one would be there for like three hours. That sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. It kind of was because like, you know, I was old enough where I was just like, I was, you know, arcade games are fun and the yeah. pizza is fine. I don't mind Chuck E. Cheese pizza at all. But um, I just remember sitting in front of the stage. Did you, did your Chuck E. Cheese have the stage with the... Oh, yeah. the And they and they were like, they seemed like they hadn't been, had repairs done since like the 80s. <laughs> and do you know why that is? I, I why they not. never repaired? So it's uh, a proprietary technology um, that belongs to, like, one guy in Florida. Oh. Uh, his name is Aaron Fector, and he is one of the co-founders of a place called Showbiz Pizza. Oh. Was this technology stolen? Did they steal this technology? And he was like, I'm not fixing your, like, robot rat? No, so here's what happened. Uh, in the 80s, Chuck E. Cheese was open. There was, like, you know, it was the first animatronic show outside of Disney Uh, so it was like you know pretty revolutionary Mm -hmm. and then this whole thing went down where like nolan bushnell had told this big investor that he was the only person who could do this technology outside of disney but then the (laughs) investor found out that there's another guy from florida who has created like a more advanced form of this technology businessman breaks his contract teams up with this guy aaron fector and they create a rival pizza place called showbiz pizza and this is like 1980 at this point and in Showbiz Pizza, there is a band called the Rockfire Explosion. Have you have you heard of them? That sounds like that sounds like melt your face off metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this band. Like there's a gorilla, there's a dog, there's a mouse, and there is a wolf and a bear. Two bears. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz Pizza 
were rivals for years and both of them just like tried to expand incredibly fast too fast mm-hmm. and then the video game crash happened in 1983 oh uh, yeah yeah so no bushnell has no money because <laughs> atari <laughs> just like one destroys the video game industry and two just implodes upon itself and never recovers wow so what does chuck e cheese do then so chuck e cheese files for bankruptcy around late 80s ish they file for bankruptcy and then showbiz pizza who's not doing so hot either buys them out anyway <laughs> so there's wow yeah so there's just all of these like restaurants that now belong to the same person and um what happens is the guy who created the animatronics for showbiz he like takes his characters and leaves so what happens is something called concept unification in which <laughs> I'll have to send you. <laughs> That's it's so ominous. And it is. And there's these videos you can find on YouTube that are of concept unification. They're from the eighties. They're like how to videos for how to skin the existing rock fire explosion animatronics and put on the new Chuck E. Cheese skins. That sounds horrifying. Yes. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a, uh... I don't know. This is like a movie. This sounds like some kind of like, like you replace animatronic with like people suits or something. Yeah. And you have a Twilight Zone episode. Pretty much. It's like, it's the wildest thing. I'm just like sitting in my room, like try to like research and like stumble upon this video. And I'm like, this is horrifying. This is more horrifying than I could have ever imagined. And you kind of really get to see like how uh, Five Nights at Freddy's was inspired Oh, yeah, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's could easily just be like a like a really cheap like oh man, animatronics are scary. But like the more you research into it, the more you realize that it's like based on these like beats from animatronic history. Like the endoskeletons are incredibly accurate to like what chicken cheese animatronics look like underneath the suits, and um, the fact that like you know parts kind of get shuffled between all of them because there's not mm-hmm. enough parts. And yeah, it's so wild. I think it's so interesting, right? Like we. This, like, showbiz pizza, this guy who built these animatronics, like, is, like, lost to history. Like, I don't, I, we don't talk about that guy. Like, we don't even talk about showbiz pizza. Like, even when they bought out Chuck E. Cheese, it was still just, like, like, Chuck E. Cheese still won. Like, yeah, because they, we still know Charles. We don't know yeah. the Rocket, <laughs> the, the Rocket Band. <laughs> what I also found out is that the Rock Fire Explosion has this big fan base, and people are, the guy is still in Florida, like producing these and like creating shows for like different like places around the country. And people are like buying his old stock of animatronics that he had left over from the eighties and setting them up in their homes and learning how to program them and like recreating this thing from their childhood. And it's pretty wild. Oh my God. I know this bear. I'm sorry, everybody. I just pulled up the rocket fire <laughs> explosion. I was like, what are you, that sounds crazy. And I know this bear. You've seen that bear, right? I've I've seen the bear. The first time I saw the bear, I was like, where have I seen this bear? And I still can't figure out where I have seen the bear because... Uh, I have... It, so this says people also search for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I'm going to figure out why. If Dwayne The Rock Johnson is attached to the Rock of Fire explosion somehow. Did you ever see the movie Keanu? The Key and Peele movie? Uh, I have not. Okay, so it's like the one where they have like the, the kitten gets kidnapped. And there's like a scene yeah. in that movie where they're in like a, a room full of like all these animatronics, including this moose whose face has melted. And all of those came from Aaron Vector's uh, warehouse. Like he loaned them to the production for them to create this creepy scene full of like all these like dead animatronics that are melting. Because in his warehouse, wow. they are melting. It's in Orlando. And, you know, like it's latex, I think, for like the faces. Mm-hmm. They just melt. They just just melt it's so creepy well it's like the there's like the the ninja turtles suit right that surfaced like i don't that was like a few months ago now as of this recording it was like a few months ago where like they were like hey we found one of the original ninja turtle like puppet suits we use do you want it and it was like there was like holes and it was like melting and the face was and i'm like some and someone bought that i'm like what that is clearly haunted just disgusting like completely disintegrating they had a movie the rock of fire explosion had a movie in 2008 they were also included in like a CeeLo green tour like he was in uh las vegas and 
he had them as his backup band. Wow. There's people who create new shows for them, like with modern music and like put them up on YouTube. There's people who like go find like old broken down ones and refurbish them mm -hmm. and like get them working again. And then the guy's still in his warehouse, still, still making shows for people and like doing his own thing. He has this giant, massive warehouse full of mostly garbage, uh, creepy <laughs> garbage, including this moose that has melted. And it is so wild. That is so fast. And meanwhile, like, Chuck E. Cheese is like, uh, I feel like it's like struggling to stay relevant. Like every, like every year, Chuck E. Cheese is some kind of like, we might go bankrupt again. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese is really struggling with like staying relevant. Like they're taking out all the animatronics, uh, which does make sense because like getting parts for them is like super difficult. Um, I talked to right. one of those times when I was at the Chuck E. Cheese like really early in the morning, I talked to like a manager there and he was talking mm -hmm. about how difficult it is to get parts and they have to get them from like Chuck E. Cheese's that have gotten rid of their um, machines or that sort of thing. They mm -hmm. all run on air, like pneumatics. They have, they're full of tubes and literally all wow. of their movements are like a controlled burst of air that makes them move. Um, also because of this, when they're not doing their show, they still move because like air will just like randomly release. So like you'll be like sitting. Oh, absolutely not! <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> you'll just be like sitting there, and um, like the show will be off. And at ours in Flint, there was no curtain, so like they would just kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. And then you would just see that like an eye would like twitch because like the air still releasing. <laughs> it's so I always wondered what that was. Yeah. Like I remember that as a kid, and it being creepy, and I just like they're haunted. Obviously and then when haunted. I became an adult, I was like, and when I was an adult, I was like, oh, it must have been them, like, like some tech person testing something, you know, somewhere like, oh, let me like move this. Like, like I assumed it was that, but oh no. Can you imagine like work? Can you imagine <laughs> you like, cause I know you used to like, uh, open and close. Like, can you imagine like if you opened or closed a Chuck E. Cheese and they were just oh, like, God. Like a head just shifts towards you. That would, I would just like, I mean, it was scary enough. I used to work at like a, a retail store and it was scary enough. Like just having, we had like a bank of the state puffed marshmallow man, like a vinyl bank that was like up in this corner. Oh, no. He was scary <laughs> enough. He was cursed and haunted and he was scary enough. Like you just, you don't make eye contact with him. Like we put him up in that hole because he would move around the store. Like you might think it sounds uh... bananas. But he would literally no, put him up. What's that? <laughs> I, I don't think it sounds bananas. So, uh, yeah. So Brenda used to work at a store in Grand Rapids. And Grand Rapids is mostly haunted. Like, every building's like, 200 years old. The whole main, like, stretch where I worked burned down at one point. And it is, there's all these tunnels underneath it. Oh, yeah. I remember, I, I remember learning about that. Yeah. yeah it's, because uh, they used to, like... The down, so this is we're way off Charles, but what we're, else? The, we're just having a good time. The the downtown area of Grand Rapids, Michigan, used to be like if anyone like comes here now or listening to it lives like you know like it's no longer like a shopping district. Like they try to make it one, but it, there's like this there's like the retail store Brenda was at. There's like a another. There's like two retail shops on that stretch, and then it's like mm -hmm. restaurants. Yes. It's, mostly restaurants and they like keep trying and then someone will build like another mall 20 minutes away and everyone goes to that instead. Mm -hmm. I mean that used to, there was like a children's, this is way off topic. There was a children's mall <laughs> where the uh, police station is now. It was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like specifically designed to be like a mall for children, but this is way off base, yeah, but no, that was there. No, I mean, well now everyone's, everyone's going out to like, uh, the malls and out by mm -hmm. the malls, there's still like, I still see people going into Chuck E. Cheese. I'm so it's always interesting to me. Like, I remember when I went away to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was like twenty. I I mean, I graduated in two thousand nine, and then it was like my junior year, so maybe twenty eleven or twelve. Like, they got the guy from Bowling for Soup to be the new Chuck E. Cheese. That was a wild fact when I found it out. I was just like. <laughs> Why would you spend that money? <laughs> like, it was. I remember it happening because, like, that was like I was like bowling for soup still around because, like, he was the Chuck E. Cheese voice and he did like a, he wrote like a new song for them, and 
they also at the same time he was like doing all the music for Phineas and Ferb. Oh yeah, I forgot about um, that. <laughs> and I I thought I was like finally Bowling for Super will have the revival they deserve because they were not a bad band. No, they were good. Like they were such a staple when we were both in like high school. Yeah, and they're like ch- chill dudes. They like all like I feel like I don't know if they necessarily wanted a revival. I feel like what happened is like they had their heyday and then they all started having families and they're like, I mean, I have a family now. I like, this is cool, but I'm not trying to like tour the world anymore. Yeah. Like they probably made enough money off of the one single. <laughs> they're like, that's good. And then they retired forever. <laughs> they were like, well, I can buy a house now. This is really whatever. I'll get these checks for how long the rest of my life. Cool. Yeah. It's like, do they, do you think they get uh, like, royalty checks for like the Phineas and Ferb theme song like every time they play that on TV they get money because if so they I think they probably do yeah they never need to work again because Phineas and Ferb which premiered in like 2007 is still on all the time every day all the time they, it's like a staple it, it's Phineas and Ferb is a great show I love um honestly that's what I was going to talk about today <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Chuck E. Cheese, I have this whole document. Instead of Charles. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. So we'll do that like later, but yeah, no. Yeah. I... So before this recording, everybody, I for some re- somehow my brain was like, so Brenda, Chuck E. Cheese, and she's like, so Austin, I could talk about Chuck E. Cheese instead of my other thing. Yeah, I'm doing like research for a video, so it's like all just like in the front of my mind, especially, especially like the beginning stuff, because that's where I am in the script. So like, I was like, I can just sit here. And just talk about all the weird research I've been doing. Because it's been wild. I thought Woodsy the anti-pollution owl was like a weird story. But like, this is even weirder. Well, because I think about like what Chuck E. Cheese meant to me, right? Like, I don't know if without, like, I know the video game market bottomed out in the 80s, right before we were born. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if there wasn't Chuck E. Cheese, like, pushing that, because they were like pushing the pizzeria, kid hangout, like arcade vibe you know Mm -hmm. and like the like all the pizza places in my town had arcades and i don't know if they would have if chuck e cheese wasn't trying to like fight them for money yeah for pizza supremacy right i mean because like the pizza hut by me had a rampage and a street fighter cabinet and uh and then they they would switch out street fighter mortal Kombat. they essentially had like a fighting game cabinet and then they had rampage rampage was always there um and I remember they would, like, hype up when they were, like, switching the cabinets. Like, oh, we're going to bring out the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet next week. Um, because Chuck E. Cheese was just, like, unstoppable for, like, arcade entertainment in, at least, like, in lower income areas, like, where I grew up. Like, that was, like, where you could go. Like, we didn't have dedicated arcades. We had Chuck E. Cheese. So, yeah. like, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese to play, like, the the big Jurassic Park one with like the moving seat, oh, which I found was... out they don't make anymore. They don't. God, that that console is so good. Did they still? Is that the same one that's at the movie theater in Grand Rapids? It is, but the seats don't move. <gasps> and I I wondered. So that was gonna be my first episode I led because I've been curious about like why they. I'm like something had to happen where they stopped making it. Like something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure it out because like I just. Like, I've, like, called around to places that I know have them, and they're like, yeah, we don't get the one with the seat. Like, I went to a giant arcade in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they had, like, eight machines, and they even had, like, older Jurassic Park ones, but none of them had, like, the moving seats. So I don't know what that's about. That's interesting. I wonder if, like, the part, like, the parts just don't exist anymore, or if it was, like, a cost-saving measure. Interesting. Well, I imagine, like, I remember doing it as a kid, and, like, I was, like, six, and this, this seat was, like, I would, like, flop in the air. Like, it was, it's a hard drop. <laughs> That's probably um, why it doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> There's some six-year-old that fell out, and oh. they were like, well, we, we don't do that anymore. Do you, do you, did you ever get, Brenda, yeah. you're, like, did you ever have that thing at Chuck E. Cheese that was, like, I want to win that one day? Oh, like, the big prize? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Because... Like I said, I usually went to Discovery Zone. And I don't know if Discovery Zone oh, right. had big prizes. I feel like that was like a Chuck E. Cheese thing. Because they were like, like you said, they were like an arcade carnival, right? Yeah. Like other places. Like I went to, um, in Michigan, we have, they had uh, Caesarland, which was like <laughs> Little Caesar's Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> what? <laughs> have you never heard of Caesarland? We didn't have a Caesar. Okay, so our Little Caesars 
is like the smallest building on the face of the planet Earth. It is this tiniest little thing in like this dead strip mall. And that's it. I've never heard of Caesarland, but it would kind of make sense because it did originate from like Detroit. So it makes sense that yeah. like they would try out a concept for that in like the Detroit area. Yeah, I know of two Caesarlands or that existed anyway. Like I've been to two different ones and they had like the ball pit. They had pizza, obviously. They had like the they had like the big little Caesar like mascot dude. They didn't have like anything weird that moved. Mm-hmm. Um and they had some arcade cabinets, but they did not do prizes. They had stuff like your parents could buy, but they didn't do like tickets and tokens. They just like had some machines that cost quarters and they had like a playscape like a McDonald's would or something. So they were more of like a I don't they were like in between McDonald's's playscape and like Chuck E. Cheese and I think only that because I think they only were like that because they had pizza. They were like people aren't gonna come here for like lunch right because it's like pizza is not really a lunch meal when you're a family of like like my mom had five kids but uh people do it for like dinner or a birthday party if we make ourselves look like Chuck E. Cheese yeah um I think like the emphasis at Discovery Zone was like they had a massive play area like Mm -hmm. it was always like it was huge this building was enormous um, but it was always like super clean and like really well maintained and they did have a prize counter I remember but it was like I think it was just small stuff mm-hmm. and they had laser tag which I think was like an upcharge it was like men in black laser tag and um, oh. which is pretty cool there were some arcade machines I don't think that was the emphasis at discovery zone um, I find it so fascinating right like there are all of these like almost like knockoffs there's like the off-brand Chuck E. Cheese's like there's this Discovery Zone and there's Caesarland I mean now like as adults there's like Dave and Buster's which is just like like people call it adult Chuck E. Cheese all the time yeah and it pretty much is because um, like you can get like tokens and they have like pretty cool prizes um yeah and even that arcade I talked about in uh Chicago like was like a big Chuck E. Cheese like they it, but it was like a big like it was like adult and teen flavor. Like you could get beer and there were clearly like more areas where teens hung out around like the ski ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like the adults were like more around like, uh, they had sub cabinets that were just like the newest Mortal Kombat. And it was just like a console behind the cabinet or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but they had like stuff you could win prizes at like, it was like a big Chuck E. Cheese. So it's so interesting to me while this is going on, Chuck E. Cheese is like, like, I think, like I said, like, every year it sounds like Chuck E. Cheese is some kind of legal troubles. I know their most recent thing was they went public, and they were going to get rid of all of the animatronics in all of the shops because they couldn't afford it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think kids just aren't quite drawn to, like, animatronics quite as much. And I think Five Nights at Freddy's also had, like, a lot to do with the decision. Because, <laughs> like, you look at them, and you look at Freddy, and you're just like, this is the same thing. And, um, which is also an interesting choice because, like, kids were kind of fascinated by Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, it was, like, scary at a level that they could understand, I think, mm-hmm. for the most part. But, um, yeah, it's just an interesting choice to get rid of because it's kind of, like, the last of, like, their identity, really. Just replacing it with, like, a right. dance floor. Like, now Chuck E. Cheese is just, like, a... I mean, it's a it's still, like, a place you can take if you have, like, kids and just, like, let them run around. But there's so many places to do that now in, like, modern-day Western society. Like, there are so many other options for that for your kids like i wonder how they're pulling in family still because they i remember when we were probably in college or maybe the end of high school like they made that rule where um if you were over 18 you couldn't just like come hang out at chuck e cheese anymore yeah they were worried about families thinking like creepy people and i mean like i don't want to say that that wasn't happening i'm sure there was some concerned voice like in the community like hey there's like adults just hanging around my kids but i don't know i was like i would totally like i would totally go to Chuck E. cheese brenda with you and just like get a pizza and like play skee-ball or something and just like i would let like if a kid wanted to play i'd move out of the way like oh yeah sure i'll go sit down (laughs) i think that they did revoke that i think i was reading that that rule had been revoked and that Chuck E. cheese their latest thing is that they're trying to and this is gonna roll into something else we wanted to talk about um they're trying to kind of modernize their venue and get more adults to come in. Uh, they're trying mm-hmm. to like get like some coffee in there and some free Wi-Fi to get adults to kind of come in and work. 
which is an interesting okay. choice, but I've heard it's actually pretty that's, great. That's fast. Well, how many people are Chuck E. Cheese in the middle of the day, right? Yeah, like when it's not a weekend or the summertime, it yeah. probably would be a fine place to like, you know, meet up with some friends, do some work, play some skee ball, do some more work. Like if I was in college and I, you know, you just kind of need like a break in between working on projects, like you've been staring at Premiere Pro and it crashed again and you just you need to go throw <laughs> basketball. <laughs> you know, like you do. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Cause I think about, um, these spaces, right, where their whole thing is, like, we want families and family money, because family money is pretty consistent money. Like, mm-hmm. there's always a birthday. But there's – families don't come in on, like, Wednesday at 2 o'clock, and, but you're open. Like, they're still open. And it's like, well, what are they doing? Yeah, just, like, um, standing around cleaning the place. <laughs> just, like, I'll go wipe down the to- – oh, not even t- – they got rid of tokens. Yeah, which I, I think, like, thinking about it might be, a, like, the – the less things that we can touch after all of this, the better. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, that's a, it's a good, it's a good move. It's more of just like, I wish like, I don't, it's like one of those things. Like I, I'm a person who wants to have kids one day, um, either like biological or adopt. It's really whatever. But uh, I like, I like, now there's like the sense of like, I'll never get to show my kid a Chuck E. Cheese token. Cause I like, I don't have any, like, <laughs> I didn't keep one. Yeah, it's like, you know, you take one, that's stealing, and that's also one less game you can play. Like, Yeah. <laughs> which I think is the biggest issue. Uh, we saw, like, as, like, when we were growing up, I keep forgetting we're the same age, because I transferred mm. school, so most of my friends are, like, two years younger than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we were growing up, uh, there were a lot of choices, so, like, Little Caesars Land, and Discovery Zone was open. And did you know that Disney tried to have their own kind of play place for a while? Really? Yeah, it was super brief. It was called Club Disney. I think they had a location in like California and Arizona. And, mm-hmm. you know, it had like a play place. Disney characters come out for your birthday. Cheesecake factory food. Um, it was super brief. It was like part of like the initiative that included uh, Disney Quest. Do you know what Disney Quest is? Uh, yes. Yeah, the VR place that just recently was closed down. Uh uh, downtown disney and what was the third part regional entertainment they were trying oh the disney store that was the other part of it they were trying to bring like mm. small disney experiences to like everyone who couldn't get to the parks and it failed immensely <laughs> just like completely <laughs> disney quest had two locations there was one in orlando and there was one in chicago and the chicago one was open for like five years it wasn't long at all and it just completely exploded and died and Disney mm. stores are pretty much almost dead. Not quite dead, but not nearly as cool as they used to be. Yeah, I don't think there are any left in Michigan that I can think of. I think there's one. I could be wrong because I haven't been there in a while. But there, I think there's one at Great Lakes Crossing in Auburn Hills. Oh, that would that would make sense. Great Lakes Crossing is like our like, that's like the, it's like the, I feel like every state has like the mall that's like a travel destination and that's ours. Yeah, and I do love that mall. I really bummed i did go see it before everything locked out because i'm really close i'm like 40 minutes away from it right now there's a uh, round one there's a rainforest cafe there's an aquarium there's a movie theater there's a disney store apparently oh, they put in a round one there now <laughs> oh yeah oh, boy. and it's got ddr so that's the that's the thing i went to in chicago oh yeah yeah it's like probably not as big as the one you were but they have good prizes don't they yeah, they have good. They have pretty cool prizes. It's probably not as the one in Chicago is like a standalone building mm. in like two stories. Oh yeah, this one. It's just this one's like I think it's where the Forever Twenty One used to be. So it's like in the middle of oh, okay. the mall. You can get to it like because uh, Great Lakes Crossing is in a loop. You can literally just right. walk in a big circle to get to all the places, and it's smack dab in the middle. But it's a huge circle. Oh, it's massive. <laughs> you have to like stop it's, and it's, rest. It's like an overwhelmingly big circle. I've done it so um, many times. And you can cut through. There are a couple places to cut through, but like, yeah, it's a big yeah. circle. I remember we went there once on like a field trip because like schools run out of things to like Do. give teachers a break. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we'll go to Great Lakes Crossing, I guess. That'll kill like two hours because we got to drive there. Yeah. For me, it was, I went to, our school went to, um, what's the mall in Grand Rapids? Uh, Rivertown? Yes, Rivertown. And I was just like, Wow, it's two stories because I'd never seen a two-story mall before. Oh yeah, because Great Lakes Crossing is like flat, 
Yeah, it is. It's just like really flat and long. Yeah, where I grew up in, uh, Inks, I grew up in Inkster and Detroit because my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mall that either parent took me to was Fairlane Mall, and that one was like two stories sometimes. Like some, it was like Macy's was two stories, but the whole mall was in two stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what our mall was like in like the Flint area. It's like J.C. Penney's, mm-hmm. Sears, uh, formerly Hudson's, Bourbon's. Oh, yeah. Montgomery Ward, all the anchor stores were two stories. Uh, everything else is one story. Yeah, I remember getting moving out to Grand Rapids and being impressed because like Rivertown Mall is two stories, and I was like, oh my goodness. And then my partner at the time, um, her family went to like the nice malls, like they went to what's the one in uh, Twenty Oaks? Is that what it's called? Twelve. Oh, Oaks. Twelve Oaks. Yeah, Novi. Yeah, they went to twelve. So like I when we like went home from college one time, I went to meet her family and they, we all went to 12 Oaks mall and I was like, Oh my God. And they were like, Oh, this is even the nicest mall. And then like the next time I we went to visit, we went to, um, Somerset. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the like, one with like the bridge between the wage gap where it's like, you're in like a normal yes. mall and you cross the bridge <laughs> and then you're like in rich mall and you're just like, I don't belong here. I need to leave. I crossed that bridge and there was like a security guard that looked at us like, where you think you're going? You don't belong here. Get out. Yeah, that's what I felt like. I was just like in shorts and a t-shirt and I was like, no, I need to leave. (laughs) So I know you mostly went to Discovery Zone, but where was your, was your Chuck E. Cheese near any other like prime kid locations? So Discovery Zone and Chuck E. Cheese weren't too far away. They're kind of like um, in the general vicinity of like where all the things were. So there's like a mall, a target. Um, our Chuck E. Cheese is in the parking lot of the target. Um, oh yeah, that's pretty good. So the discovery zone was like a couple streets over, uh, next to mm-hmm. the Toys R Us, which was a prime location for a discovery. Yeah, zone. Okay. So that's, that's what I was wondering. Every Chuck E. Cheese I've ever experienced was near Toys R Us. Ours um, is a little bit further away from the Toys R Us. Oh, mine Mine was prime. It was like the same. It was like Chuck E. Cheese. And then in the middle was, it was something called like Family Center, which I now understand is probably something for like reproductive health services. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like Chuck E. Cheese, Family Center, a tire place. And then around the corner on the same like part of the building was the Toys R Us. Um, It just makes sense. Yeah, so I remember waking up on Saturday mornings when Saturday morning cartoons were in their prime mm-hmm. and watching, like, Power Rangers and uh, what else was, like, Power Rangers, Jackie Chan Adventures and stuff like that. And then I would, my mom would take me to Toys R Us because the Toys R Us did Saturday afternoon Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments for kids. Oh, nice. So I would go there and play Yu-Gi-Oh! And then when I got done with that, I would go around the corner and go wait at Ch- and like go hang out at Chuck E. Cheese because my mom would give me money to get a pizza. And it was like the absolute dopest Saturdays of my life. Well, okay, I don't want to say the dopest. Like, it, pretty good. I got married on a Saturday, so that was also pretty dope. But... <laughs> good Saturday memories. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was really slick and i was just curious because i know there are chuck e cheeses in other countries they're in like 17 countries including the united states and i'm like i wonder if those i mean toys r us is close now but i wonder if they also had a toys r us near them like that just seems like a mutually beneficial like thing to do like those two companies deciding to settle near each other yeah it's like closely so toys r us in i think in other countries including Canada, I think was still allowed because they were like separate companies almost with just the name. So I think some oh. of them are still out there. So I think you can get, I haven't double checked this, but I think you can still go to Canada <laughs> and go to Toys R Us. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah I, it, it was fascinating to me when Toys R Us was closing. So many people were like, oh, I'm going to miss Toys R Us. And I'm like, but you're not like you weren't going, they're, they're out of money. They're literally out of money because we all stopped going to Toys R Us. Oh no. Like, do you want to know why they ran out of money? Oh no, what what do you weave your tail? <laughs> it's it's easy. It was in the mid 2000s Toys R Us was doing really good or early 2000s Toys R Us was doing really yeah. good. And then they were the victim of a leveraged buyout, which is where a company who wants to come in, they use a loan to buy out the mm-hmm. company 
and then that loan is heaped on the company they've just bought out. So this happens in the United States all the time. And this is a lot of the reason why like a lot of businesses are like, they have to go out of business. Uh, this happened to KB Toys. This happened to uh, Builder Square, if you know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. This happened to just like a ton of businesses um, because there are companies out there that just buy other companies, strip them of all their assets, give the big people a bunch of money, and then destroy them. Wow. It sucks. But that's what happened to Toys R Us. It wasn't that people weren't going. It was that they were burdened with this giant loan that they could not pay off no matter what they did. That's so fast. I did not know that yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I know they owed a... Bu- I remember the big thing people talked about is they owed a bunch of money to... Uh, I think it was Hasbro, who yeah. owns like absolutely every property that Toys R Us sells. Yeah, they, they were getting to the point where they could not afford to pay off like their bills for all of their merchandise. Right. And I remember it was a... They were so, they thought like they'd make it through Christmas and then Hazard was like, hey, we're not going to give you anything because you haven't paid us in forever. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, it, we'll, but we'll get the money at Christmas. And Hazard was like, I, tough cookies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it really sucks. Yeah. Because like. That does really suck. They could have made it. I know they're talking about trying to come back. And I, I'm like mixed feelings about that because I have a lot of friends who worked at toys and babies are us when they went under Mm -hmm. um that are i mean they've all moved on to different jobs but they're all like are you gonna offer me my job back yeah it's like (laughs) a lot of employees didn't get paid and like yeah like they went bankrupt and everyone at the top got their checks Mm -hmm. but the like a lot of employees like there are some employees who didn't get like their like very last check or something yeah like the people at the top profited off of destroying the company yeah so you know, I'd like to see a toy store come back. I miss walking around a big toy store. I loved going to Toys R Us. Just, like, seeing, like, all the toys. I know I'm an adult. Whatever. You know, it's just, like, super nostalgic. Our, the Toys R Us in Flint was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, like, you know, it was bigger than most of the Toys R Uses. It was um, pretty well stocked. You could find, like, weird stuff that had been there forever. Like, really old Pokemon merchandise. Really old Digimon merchandise that they found in the back and just threw on the shelf. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they would do this I mean, really cool, like sidewalk sale where they would just like have giant cardboard boxes full of stuff they found in the back. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I know, like, yeah, Toys R Us was just like it's always it was like always popping off for like the coolest toys. Like mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you go to like Target's toy section, it's like okay, or like uh, here, Michigan, we have Meyer or whatever you're like general grocery store of choice is mm-hmm. in your area where like there's a the toy section for like kids and stuff and like around christmas they beef it up but i mean toys r us that's like their that was like their bread and butter i remember i would go to toys r us for amiibos because no one would go there for amiibos yeah they, so. they just have like the big wall of amiibos and you could find like really obscure ones like what you were looking for it was just at toys r us um, yeah because like nobody like didn't shop there for it yeah I remember uh, Toys R Us would they they even sold they had like the like <laughs> I was gonna say adult toy but that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Toys R Us was also an adult toy store. I know what you <laughs> they, mean. They had collectibles. They had, like, <laughs> yeah, they had like collectibles and like things like like people in their like mid to late twenty somethings are looking for like they had like collectible lightsabers and they had like uh the collectible versions of the Power Rangers gear that's, like, oh, made of yeah. good material and not the cheap material they made our parents buy when we were kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, this is made of $10 plastic. It's going to cost you 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that. Like, I would go to the Toys R Us out here in Grand Rapids and, like, oh, yeah. And I, it, it was, I was still, like, in college and had, like, a car that decided to run sometimes. And I, was, I couldn't buy it then. I was like, oh, when I get done, I'll buy it. And then... It was just, it was gone. Say, say la vie. Rest in pieces. Toys are us. <laughs> I think it's interesting being the age we are, like so many things we have nostalgia attached to are these like brick and mortar locations that are struggling to like keep people interested, which is yeah. so fascinating to me because so much research, um, so my day job is I'm a, a psychologist and I ruin parties by doing research. Um, 
And there's so much research that shows like the generation behind us, Brenda, and the one behind them enjoy going into physical stores more than we do. Even though they didn't even, they don't even get to see the cool places. The cool places are all gone. Right. It's so fascinating because I'm like, I'm seeing these things from childhood, like clothes. They're like, we're, we can't keep up with the, with the kids, but I'm like, the kids want to go to you. So it's like, there's a obvious disconnect. So so many people are like, brick and mortar is going to die. And I'm like, but people want brick and mortar, overwhelmingly want brick and mortar. So yeah, it's like I go to Barnes & Noble and there's still like tons of people in there. And it's well before everything, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) remember, go back to the start of the episode where Brenda said she hasn't left her house in two months. I miss things. Remember places? Yeah. Going places, hugging friends. Yeah. I, so I was, so we've been doing takeout every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, wow. Every, once a week. Whoa. Every night. <laughs> I was like, okay, I thought you were cooking, but all right. <laughs> we've been doing takeout once a week and I just had this urge. I was like, I want to have a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. And I, <laughs> I like put in like Chuck E. Cheese pizza, just like a dunce into Google and I saw, did you hear about the wildest things they're doing during this pandemic, like posing as other companies? Well, so they're they're not posing as other companies per se. They have an in-house brand called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. And Pasquale <laughs> is one of the Chuck E. Cheese characters. He plays the drums in Munch's Make Believe Band. He's like this Italian man. He... Is, oh yeah. He tells bad jokes and his name is Pasquale. And the second I read the article like talking about like the person who like got Chuck E. Cheese stuff when they ordered wings for like Pasquale's pizza and wings, I immediately was just like, Oh, oh, it's from Chuck E. Cheese. I just immediately <laughs> knew it. And this is like a new thing. It's not just Chuck E. Cheese who is doing this, that um there are businesses that rent out kitchens and um set up as like a separate business from like the the restaurant that they're housed in and they just do <laughs> takeout. So they just do like DoorDash. So like they don't have like a physical location per se. They're sharing a kitchen with another business who has a physical location, but they're two separate things, which is kind of what Chuck E. Cheese is doing, but you just don't expect <laughs> to like order wings from what you think is an authentic like pizza parlor and you get you know, they're frozen. They still taste good, but you're just not expecting to get your food from Chuck E. Cheese and you are getting your right. food from Chuck E. Cheese. Right. That's so, I, I was like, I did like a double take. That's so, that, I don't know. It's just like so funny to me. I, I, when this is over, when the, but not this podcast, this pandemic, like <laughs> I kind of really want to go to Chuck E. Cheese but definitely will not be going to a Chuck E. Cheese until there's a vaccine. Oh, for sure. Like, arcades <laughs> in general. Chuck E. Cheese is a cesspool of Gross. germs. I'm just, like, at a Chuck E. Cheese with, like, a bottle of, like, a bunch of hand wipes. And I'm just, like, <laughs> rubbing everything down before I play. Which, honestly, I ha- I usually do at an arcade. When I'm at an arcade, I have a thing of hand wipes. I have a thing of hand sanitizer. I'm just constantly... I've always done that. <laughs> I mean, I think this has taught us, like, the world is just, like, gross. Like, there's so many things they're doing now, and you're like, yeah, we probably should always do that. That Grocery stores are gross. Yeah, everything is disgusting. Everything has always (laughs) been disgusting. We're just all very, like, hyper-aware of how disgusting it is right now. And it's like, you know, at anime conventions, I'll just wear a mask the whole time I, like, at an anime convention. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't. You'll die. Like, <laughs> like it, I take it off for cosplay photos. I mean, I really like to cosplay Spider-Man, and I'm just set. I'm just already in it. I, it's mm-hmm. just like, you don't need, I don't need to take this off. Sorry. I'll take it off when I go to my room and eat. Yeah. Oh, have you heard? Uh, I have this theory that, like, furries, they could put, like, filters in their snoots. Their suit oh. snoots. And they're fine. Like, yeah. so furries can honestly just go out and do whatever. Like, they're... 100% protected because they're in a giant animal suit. You put a filter. They came ready. Yeah, you put a filter in the snoot of the suit and you're good to go. You're fine. So they're going to so survive. I, <laughs> I have one final uh, topic. Do you think ball pits survive this pandemic? Like, can you feasibly see people letting their kids get in the Chuck E. Cheese ball pit? No, I think ball pits should have died a long time ago. Ball pits are <laughs> disgusting. How do you, like, clean that at all? 
Like, there is no nope. way you can clean a ball pit. I think climbers are going to survive, um, but I think ball pits deserve to die and should have died a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think just take your kid to, like, sky, like a sky zone or something, like a trampoline park, well, right? Even, if they want to jump. I, even, like, sky zone. Trampolines are dangerous. Even, like, normal, like, in-the-ground trampolines, they're dangerous. Um, yeah. Skies, yeah, I'm not super into the trend of, like, all of the trampoline parks because there are 50 million trampoline parks all of a sudden like there's like three of them in flint and then yeah, there's the, like four out here yeah and i'm just like you guys this is this is a repeat of what we saw in our childhoods <laughs> where every place was a discovery zone and a chuck e cheese like we've seen That's this before this is like their do you think like kids are this gonna get like thing. really attached to trampoline parks I think I think they'll get it. I think because it's like a unique experience. Because you, yeah, people have birthdays there and like cake and pizza and stuff. So I think that's. Uh, I think that'll be. That'll be the new thing. One of my friends invited me to their birthday party like last year, at a trampoline mm. park. And um, for those of you who don't know me, I have like bad knees and joints, and I had to be like, I respectfully decline because I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I. I will I will watch and be very afraid from the sideline. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I can't spend money to watch all of you guys have a grand old time. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I wish I have no way how you click clean a ball pitch, sort of like no. you close in the afternoon and you just like soak them in bleach. Constantly. And then you can't let kids you can't let kids get in it for like at least a day after that. No, just thinking about a ball pit is making me feel just so gross. Like not even just the balls. It's like what's in the pit. You can't see what's in the pit. <laughs> like, you can't see what's in the pit. You can't. It's like horrifying. You could die. I would say like maybe they switch to foam pits and switch out the foam, but then that's just the environmental cost. Oh like, yeah, foam is foam. no like, foam is like a terror on the environment. I guess like what about like those those like packing peanuts that are made of potatoes? Like could we do like they just dissolve could, in could, water. Could we sell them that? <laughs> or like maybe they just switch to bounce houses because those you can like deflate and like wipe down and wipe right? down. I think honestly, Chuck E. Cheese is leaning towards like having a large dance area and like bringing like a guy in a costume out to dance with everyone. I think that's a good plan. Oh, that sounds. I don't. That... What? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Just like dance. It's like fun kid dancing where you just like flail around like you just don't care. Like okay. you're like. Like Katy Perry is playing, and you're just like, yeah, because you're a kid, and you just you don't know how to dance. <laughs> I want them to have like a teen. Okay, so hear me out. I think yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is on the prime location to fill the niche for teens to have something to do without having to sneak out and go to a house party. Not that I have anything against house parties, but like but some teens like aren't. One second, I have an Alexa sitting right here. Wi-Fi network. Um, <laughs> you can find setup instructions in the help section of your Alexa app. Welcome to the podcast, Alexa. <laughs> I didn't think she was plugged in. So that's, um, that's fun. Um, I just thought I never plugged her in. She's mostly just a speaker. Like, I play music on her from Spotify, but I didn't think I ever plugged her in. <laughs> um, when Alexa can't attach to the Wi-Fi, the ring on the top glows red. So that was... It does. That was fun. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, teens and house parties. Some teens just aren't made for house parties like if i went to a house party i would die <laughs> but i like Chuck E. cheese could like more like uh fucking did you i don't know if we're gonna swear in this podcast i just said hey, we are oh uh, i think we can evolve <laughs> like they could like digivolve into like a teen club on saturday nights like after like eight or something like i don't know kids birthdays parties are done by like eight right uh and they could you try and be like did a that teen for a while Oh, did they? Yeah, in the 80s, uh, Disneyland specifically had like a teen dance floor after like five, eight, I don't remember what the timeline, but the, they had like a specific, <laughs> you were a teen, you could buy like a ticket, like a late night ticket to get into the mm -hmm. park, like just so you could go to this, uh, it's called Videopolis, so you could get to this dance floor. So Disney tried that, and then they got rid okay. of it. <laughs> So, <laughs> I think it's a tough sell because, like, 
if a teen goes to Chuck E. Cheese for like their eight year old sibling's birthday party, they probably don't want to go there to like vibe out. But I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's uh, an Mr. idea. Mr. Charles. There. Mr. Cheese, if you are listening, uh, <laughs> this is recorded, and if I see that pop up, you will be hearing from my people. <laughs> I think Chuck E. Cheese is in like a prime position to like uh, tap into the growing arcade market because I think we're seeing more of arcades. Like Dave and Buster's mm-hmm. is out there. We've got round ones now. Um, I think if they go. F- like real hard with like cool arcade cabinets that you can't find. I think that's also another way they could tap into the teen market. Cause I oh think... yeah. I mean, I would, I would go there for that. I mean, there's no, there, the spaces for that are so far and few between, especially in the Midwest. It's yeah. like, if you live in Chicago, they have like, they have some cool spots or if you, uh, but if you're in like Ohio or Michigan, like where we are or like down in Tennessee or other like Midwestern States, like, it's just seen as, like, for some reason, we don't want that. Like, we get, like, grocery stores and breweries. Oh, God. And <laughs> it's just if, so you don't wanna, if you don't want to hang out at a Target or a new microbrewery, it's, like, stay at your house, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's um, all there is to do. Yesterday I was missing going to, like, microbreweries. I was just like, <laughs> I wish to sample expensive beers. Like, I'm just here with, like, I've got, like, some White Claw left. But, like... I'm just like, I yearn to test beers, please. Because that's all I know. I know how to like go to drink beer and go to Target. That's it. Yeah, I I can go to a bar and shout over people and I can go buy a new pair of pants that I really want, but probably don't need. Yeah, that's the mood, isn't it? You're at Target and you're like, these headphones are pretty. (laughs) I think that'd be cool, right? Like it's... Like, out west and out east, I feel like they have a ton of experiences like that. But, like, through the Midwest and even, like, the middle, whole middle of the country, it's seen as, like, we don't want things like that because we're not big enough or travel enough or whatever. And I'm like, I, I think Charles Entertainment Cheese could be the new wave because, like I said, like, without Chuck E. Cheese, I don't have as much exposure to gaming that I did. Like, I don't get exposed to arcade cabinets as a concept at all. Like, my whole childhood life like my mom was a bit of a gamer and i remember my first system was her old sega genesis but i don't know if the flame is kept alive if i don't have like chuck e cheese like with arcade cabinets and then not pushing all other pizza places to at least try and have arcade cabinets like even my uh little caesars growing up not the caesar land like the just normal little caesars had like one arcade cabinet they'd cycle through every few months yeah it's Chuck E. Cheese is like in they're everywhere somehow they're still everywhere like a lot of them have closed but they're like you can you know where to find one in Grand Rapids there's like one in each little shopping hub and we mm-hmm. even I'm surprised the one in Flint has like managed to chug along like it's still it's always been there um just always in the Target parking lot just <laughs> sitting there um waiting through everything through like all of like the other places closing there was something about Charles Entertainment Cheese's pizza parlor establishment <laughs> that like kept it going. Is it the animatronics? Probably not. Is it the pizza? It's fine. Um, Discovery Zone had better cake, though. I can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been just delightful. Should we? Should we start calling it? I think so. I think when we hit like behind the scenes right here, I think when we hit the hour mark, it's good to stop. Because we'll, we're gonna I cut, got an, cut it down a little bit, so. I, I was like, I got an hour five on my end. Oh yeah, that's also what mine says. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have any of our social media set up because they don't tell you like how many things you have to set up for a podcast. <laughs> but there's a lot of them. We have this script that's like plug Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> it's like write a sign off. Plug our Twitter. Credit artist, we haven't gotten show art done yet. And um, credit music, which is one that I can do. Our theme song is by Freedom Trail Studio. You can find their work on YouTube. Um, That's all I have to credit, though. (laughs) Yeah, this was... Hey, look into your local Chuck E. Cheese. Get a... a, uh, Maybe get a pizza. Maybe reminisce with, with those around you, around the fire of places like Chuck E. Cheese. And don't listen to Shane Dawson. The pizza is not recycled. 
he's just a dumbass. <laughs> like an absolute dumbass conspiracy theory, <laughs> my ass. Oh my goodness. Is this a very strong um, stance for me to take in the first episode? <laughs> it, Brenda is ready to fight Shane Dawson. I will fight Shane Dawson anywhere, anyhow. <laughs> I will defend. Shane Dawson. Shane Dawson, come to this podcast and Brenda will verbally kick the shit out of you. I will, because I will defend Charles Entertainment Cheese and his lovely pizza <laughs> establishment until the day I die. <laughs> well, well this is great. Thank you uh, so much for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Tune in next time. Same bat house, same bat quarantine. <laughs>